0: Finding community while navigating your spiritual practice can be
1: so difficult, and that's why we created The Covenstead. The Covenstead is a free Discord server created to be a safe place to connect with others, share spiritual practices, have spiritual discussions, and make friends from all across the world. So what are you waiting for? Check out The Covenstead by clicking the Discord tab on GhostyPodcast.com. Find community wherever your path leads. Have you been experiencing unexplained activity in your home, business, or area? Alyssa and I would love to help. Since childhood, we've been able to interact with the spirit realm. Naturally, we have a passion for investigating the paranormal. Our goal is to help you understand what's happening in your space and provide guidance and advice and to bring peace to your situation.
0: You can book Ariel and I for a paranormal consultation through our website, www.ghosttpodcast.com. We have a special discount for our listeners. Use code GHOSTY for 10% off of your booking. That's code GHOSTY, G-H-O-S-T-I-E, all in capital letters.
1: I'm your host, Ariel, And I'm your host, Alyssa. Welcome to Ghosty Podcast. A podcast for those who seek magic hello ghosties welcome back hello hello today we are talking about ancestor veneration yay just a reminder that everyone has different views on things and that's okay we don't ask you to believe what we do we just want to share what we found in our personal path and journeys with others
0: oh hey (laughs)
1: <laughs> guess what <laughs> we have ghosty merch oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah <laughs> if you want to represent ghosty on a mug or a cozy
0: sweater during the chilly season head on over to our merch
1: website the link will be in this description below i have been wearing my ghosty sweater a lot Me and too. i I've gotten a lot of compliments on it too. Every time I, I go out in public, I'm just like, look, look, I have this cute little gusty on my sweater. It's actually I good was, quality too.
0: Like it's really good quality yeah. fabric. I have really it's very cozy. It's very comfortable. I like the color. It's held up really well in washer like in my washer and dryer mm-hmm. as well. I'm I'm happy with it. It's yeah. It's definitely worth a look-see if you want to be repping a ghosty.
1: It took everything in me at Target when the cashier was like, oh my gosh, I like your sweater, to not be like, oh my god, thanks, it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, thanks, oh my you god. check us out on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, thanks. <laughs> like, I was so excited. I was like, I instantly started sweating. I instantly got damp. I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> oh my god, you noticed it. me. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> um I, I just that. wanted to be like, oh my God, yes, isn't he the best? Like, isn't he the cutest? <laughs> the cutest
0: little ghosty buddy. <laughs> oh
1: my God. I'm really excited about this topic. And part of it is because Alyssa and I have been on our ancestor working with veneration journeys for, I think, almost a year about. Like, I think I started yeah. around winter of last year if I can remember correctly yes um, I know
0: I did in winter of last year because that was yeah. when my first ancestor came in and was like you need to learn to love winter and I was like oh great here we go
1: <laughs> <laughs> you we're like how about no <laughs> how about fuck that But
0: uh, yeah, no, it's been like winter of last year, but I really started getting into like my own heritage and all that stuff around January, February uh, with my mom. So
1: it was, it's, it's been almost coming on to about a year, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. During that time, it's been so transformative. Mm -hmm. I, I was just uh, about to talk to Alyssa about this before we started recording. She was like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Hold, She's like, hold wait, it. <laughs> we need to start the recording so that we can talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. But I was, I was gonna say, like, the amount that working with my ancestors has changed my practice and changed the way that I approach my magic practice and my magical work and my spiritual path is Outstanding. I I understand now why people say that it's so important, which, you know, everybody's going to be different. Some people are going to feel really comfortable working with their ancestors and some aren't. So I don't feel comfortable being here telling people, like, you should do this, like, because... That's not what either like Alyssa and I are about. Like we, we fully support people practicing the way that you feel like you need to practice as long as it's not appropriating culture or, you know, things like that or putting people in danger. But I do see a lot of value now, not only for the personal mm-hmm. growth that can come from it, but also the growth within your practice and path because it's it's been very transformative. It's, it's been really cool too, but it's been hard as fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. I echo the sentiment and we'll get into how it can be pretty challenging um yes. as well as we continue to talk about things but as we know where does Alyssa like to start? She likes to start with a definition. Okay, so we love to start with definitions. Love definitions. So what even <laughs> is an ancestor? Well, an ancestor according to the dictionary of Oxford languages says that it is a person typically one or more remote than a grandparent from whom one is descended. So that is a very broad way to look at it. But it is true because ancestors can refer to those that you are related to through your parents, like your grandparents, great grandparents, and so on and so on, as well as more distant relatives from previous generations. I will share something that I include in my, in my ancestor practice, uh, which I think is really cool. And I don't know if everybody else does this, but I will mention it in a minute. But I also believe, for me, that ancestors include the people who have been adopted. So their adoptive families yeah. and their lineage yeah. also count as ancestors. And so what does it even mean to venerate, though? Well, venerate means to hold in high esteem and honor, and it is considered equivalent to worship. So for me, one of the things that I count in my ancestor lineage, like who I would count as an ancestor, is actually our species' common ancestor. So that would be Mm. um, the common ancestor of the Homo sapiens. When our distinct species became its distinct species, I include all the way back to that one. I don't know if everybody else does that or if people go far that back themselves because you know, you can... You can argue that you can go all the way back to like even before it we were classified as a family, the family of Homo and then you know, Neanderthalus and and sapiens and things like that. I know I'm getting kind of specific, but I do include the our species common ancestor, and I kind of go all the way back. I do want to mention as well that uh ancestor veneration is the practice of honoring and paying respects to one's ancestors or departed loved ones. And honestly, it's a tradition that's found in almost every culture in the world. And the practice of ancestor veneration usually involves creating like a sacred space, an altar dedicated to your ancestors where you can place different kinds of offerings. And we'll go into what kinds of offerings you could give them. But in a basically a short and sweet, that is what an ancestor is and what ancestor veneration is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I I didn't really realize how prevalent it was within um, even Norse paganism until I started kind of getting into it and being like, oh, okay, this is actually prevalent within this practice. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's one thing that is just kind of present but not really talked about either in a lot of practices, at least within more like, I don't want to say popular or like common practices because that makes it sound weird. But I honestly really didn't hear about it, it in connection with Norse paganism until I started digging. And I felt that that was very weird because I feel like it should just be more common knowledge, but I I don't know. I, I think it is very helpful though. I mm-hmm. I found a lot of value in it myself, but it's also been, I don't know what word to use other than kind of empowering. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very empowering to know that the lineage that you come from is like backing you up in your work mm-hmm. and in your life and in your practice. And it feels different energetically and you know, worship wise to worshiping or working with, or, you know, feeling deity energy or things like that with deities, you can feel that support and it's, it's nice. Like it's, it's, it's still there. You can still feel it, but with ancestor support, it just, I don't know. It's
0: the way that I kind of think about it is that it feels different because I know that these are people who have lived the human experience. This is something that yes. deities don't have experience with. Right. They are, they are adept at being able to understand and guide us through it, but they haven't mm. lived like a human the way our ancestors yeah. have. They haven't experienced the full scope and range of human emotions and, you know, what it means to be essentially mortal and having right. a finite amount of time and energy on the planet, what it means to grow old you know, and what it means to carry wisdom from generation to generation. That is something that is unique to ancestors. And that is something that you are, I always say this to, you know, my, my, my clients and my Patreon members whenever I'm talking about ancestors, but you are the living, walking embodiment of everybody who came before you. And so if you think you are disconnected from them, you are wrong. They are, they are a part of you as intrinsic as your DNA for that is where you come from, is from them. Mm-hmm. And so you are the physical living expression of everyone that has come before you as you are today. And I think that there's something really beautiful about that because yeah. there is a multitude of different stories that everybody's family has. There's different stories of struggle, of famine, of trauma, of oppression, of success, of joy, of engagement, of winning, of losing. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's so many layers to what a human can achieve in their lifetime, especially if you start layering it back from generation to generation to generation. There's just so much to learn from them alone like if you're someone like me who just loves talking to old people because you love to hear their stories yeah try doing it with your ancestors it's so much fun
1: Yeah. (laughs) A couple months ago when Alyssa came to visit, we did a spirit board session and Mm -hmm. there was one of uh, their ancestors that came through and it was such a cool experience because, you know, they can come through in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes they come through in dreams. Sometimes they'll come through in like spirit team sessions. Sometimes they'll come through just, you know, while you're doing stuff and then they show up in your living room and you're like, hey. (laughs) And other times they show up through spirit board. Yeah. you know, It was really cool. It was so cool and it was, so it was talkative just... too, and yes. like
0: very keen to, but she had such a humanness to her. like the way yes. she would just interject and be like, do you remember, do you remember when we were talking to her? Uh, and we were we were just being ourselves, like being silly mm-hmm. little silly gooses and we were just saying silly goose things. and she what was it she said she went uh, she spelled out, oh, my God, you two. Like,
1: (laughs) 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 like, that's the kind
0: of thing that I'm talking about. Like, that's the human part of the ancestor work. That's like, you can just, it was like, we were talking to her, but you could hear her like just the way she is, you know, like you could feel her personality.
1: Yes, exactly. You could really feel the personality coming through. And of course, you know, deities have personality too, but it's, it's, it is different in the sense that like Alyssa said earlier, they haven't lived the human experience. Um, At least most of them have not as far as we know. And so because of that, there is, I don't want to say lack of humanness because I do think that they empathize, but I don't think that they are able to understand it to the degree of an ancestor Mm -hmm. because they haven't lived it. It, it, It's different to live something than to empathize with someone going through something that you haven't experienced yourself. And so there's always going to be that, that kind of separation there, but there is that deep sense of support that comes from working with ancestors because of that. One thing that I I think, I feel like we've mentioned this before on the podcast. Maybe we haven't. I know that we've talked about this between us both outside of the podcast, but I feel like with deity work, deities really help us to advance our practice in connecting more broadly with the spirit realm, like Mm. connecting with our magic connecting with our spiritual connections things like that and really solidifying those things whereas our ancestors really help us to connect to ourselves Mm -hmm. and connect to our everyday life and experiences and since working with my ancestors i feel like i've also noticed myself really taking into account what i'm experiencing on an everyday level like wanting to be more present and more aware of what's happening in my life. And and it's not that I couldn't do that with deity work, but just it just takes it to a different level. When I'm practicing with my ancestors, it pulls me to the present moment. When I'm working with deities, it makes me look ahead and what I want to be accomplishing and what I want to be doing. Whereas I feel like with ancestor work, I've noticed that I really pay attention to who am I in this present moment and is it in alignment with who I want to become? And if not, how can I get there while also being present Mm -hmm. during that journey? Mm
0: -hmm. It's appreciating the journey on the way there, not just the destination. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's almost a sense of reverence that comes from living at all that you get from your ancestors. It's like, They make you appreciate the gift of life that you have, of the gift Mm -hmm. of still being here and able to direct the course of your life in the way that you can, um, the best way that you can. Not everything is in our control, of course, but they really remind you of the beauty and the gift that is life in a way that, not that deities can't, but I wish I could have the right words to describe this, the difference between the two, but... There's a closeness that comes to a cellular level to your ancestors, obviously, that is reflective in the closeness of your spiritual uh, Mm -hmm. connection, too. It's like this: you can love a god, absolutely, but loving god is different than loving your husband or your son or your daughter or your grandmother or your aunt, it's just different. And I know all of you will know what I'm talking about. I mean, the English language has one word for love, but other languages have many other words to describe different kinds of love. So this, I would say, would be a different kind of spiritual experience that you can gain a lot from in the way that deities can, in the way that plant allies can, in the way that, you know, crystal energies can and and things like that. It's just different, but there's a benefit Mm -hmm. That is almost hard to put into words when you're connecting with the lineage of people who have made good and bad decisions to end up to where you are today. Yes. Like you have them to thank for being here. Right. <laughs> in one way oh, yeah, or another. You literally,
1: <laughs> yeah. I literally wouldn't be here without them yes. being there yes. and going through the experiences that they went through in order to bring you into the world. Like it's, it's, just very, it's actually wild to think about. Like, I I think about the experiences that our ancestors have gone through, whether, you know, a, a few generations back or hundreds of generations back. And it's just so incredible to think about that there would have to be someone hundreds of years ago that decided that what they were going through wasn't too hard. Mm-hmm. To continue through, in order for me to be here, which is weird. It's 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 very so weird to think crazy, about.
0: right? Like, as someone who had a hard time being able to trace back their family tree for a number of different reasons, I'm not going to get into them because they're super personal. But
1: <laughs> it wasn't
0: exactly like I had this gigantic book filled with information about all of my ancestors and everybody's names and where they came from. And not every family has that, so it's a lot of work, time, energy, attention. A dedication and commitment to understanding where you come from so long as people are truthful in your family line that's another thing people who are alive lie people who are dead yeah. will lie so <laughs> <Yeah>. it's uh <laughs> i've come to discover throughout that experience that you know if you start going down like genealogy lineages and stuff like be prepared to have a shock moment because there's gonna be one there's gonna be like yeah. a oh Fucking didn't see that one coming Whoopsies, <laughs> <laughs> no. but that's okay but that helps you understand the decisions that were made by those people at that time and I will say this ancestors don't have to be immediate either right like I know we were talking a earlier I was talking about like grandparents great-grandparents but it can yeah. go even further than that like the ancestor that Ariel and I connected with um when I was in New York she was my ancestor from what was it like 16 something she told us oh my gosh it was a
1: while i don't even think it was
0: was it 16 even i don't even know but then there was the ancestor that's a long time ago right then there was my ancestor that came through last winter saying i want you to appreciate winter and she was bce
1: yeah she was like very very
0: very old like she was antique i'm
1: She was antique. <laughs> she was like, I am vintage. She was
0: vintage blend. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, she, I can't remember what her, her death or birth year was, but it was BCE. And I was
1: like, wowzers. That's wow. Yeah. So, she like, was like, I'm coming from way back. Yeah, way,
0: way back. Um, so, you know, your ancestors will come through from different sides of your family, you know. They'll come from different points in time. But there is, like I said, something very beautiful about maintaining the bond between the living and the dead through ancestor veneration and being able to know that your ancestors, whether you acknowledge them or not, are going to watch over and protect their descendants. Yes.
1: It is very interesting because I think I went into ancestor veneration thinking that I would have like all of these different ancestors coming through and I I haven't yet I've I can feel them I know that sounds kind of maybe weird but it almost feels like I'm in a dark room this is gonna sound really scary but just, this is the only way I can think to describe it, <laughs> it it's like being in a dark room and like not being able to see around you, but knowing that there are yes. hundreds of people yes. in the room with you, mm-hmm. but only being able to see a select few. Yes. I, oh, and... the dude,
0: that's wild that you're describing it like that. Cause I feel the same fucking way. Yes. It's like, it's, it's so wild. It's like the, the way I feel and I, I know I'm cutting you off, but I wonder if you agree with me because if I don't <laughs> say this, I'll forget my train of thought. I almost wonder. If the specific ancestors that come through, they come through on purpose for a reason. Because if they don't, like, I almost feel like they, they uh, dude, it makes me think of, like, Mushu from Mulan. Where they were, like, all the yeah. ancestors come together and they, like, charge this one entity to be like, you're the one who's going to connect with Alyssa today. You're the one who's going to connect with Ariel today because there's like 70,000 rest of us or whatever. And we all want to say the same thing. So they're just going to like filter it through this one specific person on purpose. Mm
1: -hmm. I almost feel like they're crafty,
0: you know, that way.
1: Yes. I feel like my grandmother uh, on my mom's side is the ancestor Which, you know, granted, we could maybe not consider her an ancestor since she's only my grandmother and not my great grandmother, but she tends to be the liaison between me and my ancestral line on my mom's side. I haven't had an ancestor come through at least not to me. I've had them come through in mediumship sessions for me, but I haven't had an ancestor from my dad's me side neither. come through yet. Me neither. Um, all, which my I'm, yeah, all my am Yeah, and side. I'm I'm eager to maybe have someone come through from my dad's I'm side. I'm not like I feel. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> you're fuck like them all. No, oh, fuck them all. <laughs> um. I'm curious if that will ever happen or if they just kind of will all be like, hey, you know what? It's okay. We'll just assign you to be everybody's liaison. But
0: what you're talking about is more passive ancestor communication where you're waiting for them to come to
1: you versus you going
0: to them. So it doesn't have to be that way, right? Like you can be intentional with your connection Mm -hmm. to your ancestor. So if you choose, right? And This is the same for me. If I if you and I choose, we want to connect with an ancestor on our on our father's side, we will we will connect with someone, but who it is, we won't we won't know until we connect. Or you could approach it the way that Ariel and I approach it, which is like you know, allowing the ancestor that is meant to come through to come through when they come through. But Mm -hmm. either way is valid, and either way it will will work. However, we did also want to mention. When it comes to ancestor work about generational trauma and like yes. decolonizing your um, experiences uh, your spiritual yes. your, like your spiritual practice through your ancestral work and mm-hmm. i almost feel like the more passive like allowing who to come through when they want to it wouldn't necessarily be the most effective method for healing generational traumas or dismantling anything that's discriminatory, like a behavior that's passed down. Because, you know, people aren't born racist. It's learned. And so it's like, how is it that you can go uh, about the process of addressing and healing these things by healing past wounds and connecting with ancestors to support your growth through that while rejecting the ones that would want to get in your way?
1: Right. And I think for some people that might feel wrong to like cut ancestors off just because they believe differently than you. It kind of feels discriminatory, I think, to some people. For me, I don't see it as such because no. it's it's a boundary that I'm setting with mm-hmm. them. When I connect with with ancestors, I... When I initially really opened up my practice to them, um, because obviously they're there, whether you want to admit that they're there or not. But once you officially like welcome them in and are like, okay, yes, I'm going to start, you know, venerating you in my practice and really actively working with you. When I did that, I went in with the intention and with the statement of, you know, I I welcome in your energy and your support and your love, as long as it's something that supports me in who I am right now, what I practice right now, what my intentions are. And I'll respect your beliefs that you had in life if you hold them in death, but I cannot follow beliefs that don't feel right for me right now. And you know my grandmother devout catholic when she was alive the my grandmother on my mom's side so she has been at least within death very supportive of my practice but there have been ancestors who have come through in dreams and stuff cuz i don't know what happened but as soon as i became a death witch it was like i started having spirits come through in my dreams all the time it was not a thing before and now it is <laughs> but ancestors also come through my dreams. And there was an ancestor that came through in a very weird way. It was like this very weird metaphorical scenario. And I didn't realize it was an ancestor until I woke up. And then I was like, oh, and I kind of put the pieces together that it was an ancestor that just had different beliefs than me and didn't support what I was doing right now as a job because they felt that it was wrong and disrespectful to their beliefs. And I had to lovingly but firmly, like, separate my energy from that ancestor's energy. And, of course, they're always going to be connected to you by blood, right? It's not really something that you can break, but you can distance your energy from them and you can kind of create – like, it makes me think of, like, when a baby is born and they, you know, cut the umbilical cord and they put that clip on it. It's like that. Like, I think of it like that. You put the clip on the umbilical cord and you say this, like from here on, I'm continuing without your energy involved, but like, we're still connected, you know, at least that's how I approach it. And it it can be hard, but as a white woman, I do feel like it's really important for us to be aware of where our ancestors can sometimes influence our beliefs around other practices. And that's why it's so important to Even just be aware of where the decolonization needs to happen within your ancestral line. You can't unfortunately trust every single thing that your ancestors bring forward to you. Just like with regular people, there has to be an awareness and a discernment that you go into communicating with them with of understanding that, you know, they came from one, a different time than you, and two, maybe different beliefs than you. And they're going to possibly carry that into your work with them. So it's just good to go in with that awareness. I think that can be helpful. And you know, there's a lot of different books that people recommend um, for decolonization and stuff like that. But that is something that I think is really important for us to keep in mind and generational trauma too. Sometimes it's not as easy to pick up on. Sometimes we still have those patterns within ourselves and we don't notice it because we're in it Mm -hmm. we're in the middle of it
0: yeah and i well i know there this is going to be a question that i know is going to come up so i'm going to mention this right now when it comes to like problematic ancestors that you always have a choice when it comes to ancestor work and you don't need to honor set up a spot in on your shrine or acknowledge like you know dickheads like assholes people who have hurt you or hurt the people that you love even Mm -hmm. even if someone else in your family has forgiven them you you know you don't need to give anything time energy attention to abusers or anything like that if you don't want to in your spiritual practice that is not mandatory you're not forced you, you know that's not like something that you should force on yourself if that's not what you want like I'll tell you right now probably a big reason why like my one side of my family hasn't approached me ancestrally compared to the other is probably because I have very much put up a a major boundary that there are certain ancestors that are not entitled to talk to me and there are certain ancestors that are not entitled to approach me at all and they have no place in my spiritual practice and I want nothing to do with them for different various different reasons so that could be one reason but it is your choice on who it is that you remember and honor at your shrine and who it is that you choose to learn from through your ancestor work. So I did want to mention that. And I think when it comes to ancestors, you know, when, if you want to get started with it, I I would say the the best way to get started is this, this is what has worked well for me. Um, And Ariel, I I would, am interested to hear what has worked well for you as well, but this is what has worked well for me. You can create a shrine, if you would like, or an altar, whatever you want to call it. A place where you can light a candle. You can include various different objects that were passed down from your family or were given to you by family members. Places uh, like different items like alcohol could be offered, water could be offered, different offerings like tobacco or cigars or if they were maybe really enjoyed those things in life, you know, flowers, uh, if there were any trinkets or heirlooms or like family traditions that you might have that were passed down that you have memorialized in some way would fit well on a shrine. Same with like photo albums. A lot of families tend to have like, recipes that they pass down and i've noticed that
1: yeah
0: my nanny really likes having fa- the family recipes on the altar and then when i want to go when i want to go bake something or whatever i just go to the altar and take it from there and she really likes that mm-hmm. actually in my memorial tattoo i have for her it's there's a there's a there's food in it <laughs> so the food was like very much a a part of her life and was a way that she expressed love So in Mm. my way of honoring her, it includes something food related. (laughs) But I mean, these are just a few different examples, but like non-object wise ways that have worked well for me to like keep my ancestors alive is by passing on traditions to other people or Mm. either in my family or outside of it, if I'm allowed to, and talk about them you know, keep, yeah. keep their memory alive and share stories and share the lessons and the little things that they, you know, little sayings that they have or the little quirks that they had, like, you know, these are the ways that you can keep those things alive in your practice. And and those have worked really well for me. Um, what about yourself?
1: Yeah. I, when I first started Uh, working with my ancestors, I didn't have a space for them. Well, I kind of did, but I didn't intentionally have one. It was just a shelf where I had, you know, pictures of my grandmother and um, pictures of me as a kid and stuff like that. And I just considered, I called it my memorial uh, shelf. And then it just kind of started naturally growing into my ancestor spot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and ancestor shrine until I officially, you know, dedicated a whole shelf to them and having a space for, you know, uh, things for my ancestors, whether it was crystals and trinkets and things like that. I have some items from my grandmother, um, and my grandfather on my mom's side, uh, there, but even just like Alyssa said, like honoring them through the things that they enjoyed in life. Like my grandmother was also all about food. um, Cause she, you know, she lived through the depression era. So Mm -hmm, she was mm -hmm, like, as soon as she was able to be in a space where like, she could be cooking the things that she wanted and enjoying things like that was, that was very much her. Like she wanted to be able to enjoy life through food. Um, And I just, I love it. It's so so cute. And, (laughs) and so there are a couple recipes of hers that I have that, you know, whenever the holidays come around, I think of her and and I want to make them, but Mm. Also, just having like the little quirks, like you said, like my grandmother always, uh, she would always go, "Lordy, Lordy, Lordy." <laughs> that's cute. And, I, and after I started working with her, I found myself starting to do that.
0: <laughs> when oh, that's I'm just adorable. Kind of like,
1: and I didn't even—it wasn't even intentional. It just kind of started happening, and it just was really funny to kind of see that. But I—I I love being able to remember them that way and be able to enjoy them that way. Um, Even as weird as it sounds like dancing, like my grandfather on my mom's side loved dancing Mm -hmm. and he would dance very embarrassingly. And so like, I'll, you know, dance really silly around my kitchen while I'm doing chores and stuff to to honor them. And it's just fun things like that. Like it doesn't require anything special, but even chocolate, like a lot of um, ancestors really like it when you leave chocolate on their altars or a lot of spirits in general, like uh, milk and honey is a common offering to them as well. Yeah, I mean, I just I I love having those kind of things. I know Alyssa and I have also implemented um custom decks within mm. our practices that I have found so helpful for connecting to spirits. In particular, it was created to use within my Death Witchery practice, but it's kind of leaked over also into my ancestral practice uh inevitably. And so Having some sort of divination can also be really nice, whether that is pendulums or coins or even, you know, trig kits or a certain card deck that you use and associate with your ancestors can be a beautiful way of connecting with them Mm -hmm. and just kind of having their energy in something. Like Alyssa said, pictures are really beautiful as well. But I I think overall, I think there's so much benefit to working with ancestors and you'll also know when and, or if you're ever ready to work with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know in the beginning of my practice, I didn't feel like it was necessary at all. And I got really confused when people are like, this is pretty important. And I was just like, but why? Like, I just never felt drawn to it until the last year or so. And then I, it was like a, 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 switch flipped dude it was so it's weird wild right like i don't it's know what so happened
0: integral to me now it's so ingrained yes. in me now i can't imagine
1: my practice without it
0: and do you want to know a, a weird side effect that has happened for me from working with ancestors is i am so fucking protective of like our traditions yes. and stuff now whereas before i nice. been like oh who gives a shit now i'm like fucking protect everything (laughs) (laughs) share the story share the wisdom share the knowledge like i'm just like i want to keep it alive as much as possible and i have this like pull and i almost wonder if it's just the 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 work of the ancestors working through me of being like these things matter and i find myself like more empathetic to people in my family that I otherwise would have been more short tempered with, or like various different, right. Like it, there's been, it's weird. It's so weird and cool and awesome and freaky and sad and happy and fun and scary. And it's all these cool things that come with being a person, a human. And I think that if there's one thing that, ancestor work has taught me it's that there is always something to learn there's always a thread to pull at and unravel and especially when it comes to like trying to disentangle some of those inherited um generational traumas or you know biases or things that don't serve you today and concepts and things like this that just don't apply to you and aren't a part of who you want to be and as you kind of pull on that thread it it's crazy it just unravels and then you're like holy fuck like you don't realize how intense it was and how much it impacted how you lived your life and who you would connect with as you get older and like all of these things and it's just once you start doing that it's just kind of like wiping the bullshit out of your eyes and all of a sudden you can see really clearly and in a different way. It's, it's weird. It's, that's probably the best way I could describe it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I will say that, you know, having deities be proud of you is amazing, Mm -hmm. but I have never sobbed as much as I have when going through a difficult time. And having an ancestor say that they were proud of me mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it's, it's just, I, I think it is that human aspect of it, of them having gone through sometimes harder things than we have experienced oh, now in our lives. Yeah, most
0: Certainly. Yeah. And then they're still,
1: they're still like, we're proud of you. And I'm just like, stop it. <laughs> Lived like, experiences, you know, like ask yeah. them about
0: their stories. It's so cool. Yeah. It's sad yeah. and it's funny and it's all those different emotions I listed and more, you'll realize Mm -hmm. that the people that you are related to or have descended from have such interesting stories. Um, I will also add that this is something that came up before, and I've taken some time to mull on it and think about it, and I actually think that this is something that I fully embrace now, and I'll explain why I had a change of heart. I had somebody approach me and ask me, do, like, would you consider connecting to someone you never knew in life that you know you're not related to and have that under the umbrella of ancestors?
1: Oh, like, almost connecting, like, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how that would apply, like, almost like a, like, someone else's?
0: Like, just a random person, which would be somebody else's ancestor in theory, yes. But it could be like, so in
1: theory, like a a celebrity or something, just let's just say,
0: for example, yeah, let's just say, for example, like a like Marilyn Monroe. And at first I thought, no, that doesn't that doesn't super apply because that's not that's not part of your experience. But then I started thinking about it. Well, yes, it is because I go as far back as the common ancestor. So in theory, they are an ancestor in some way, too. But also Mm -hmm. it's why would you exclude someone like, I don't know, Marilyn Monroe or some other person like that you really are interested in connecting with and not have them under the umbrella of ancestor work, but you would for like family friends, you know, like we have, we have friends of the family that go back generations that have passed and I consider them part of my ancestors, but I'm not related to them either see what I'm saying it's like yeah I I I was like drawing the line based on some arbitrary thing like I don't know why I drew the line like I'm not one of those people where it's like you have to be blood related I'm not because we have adoptive people in our family and so for me it doesn't matter like the blood aspect doesn't matter for me as part of like ancestor work But yeah, but it doesn't even have to be just closeness of like family closeness either. It could be another person like let's say somebody who was like, um, for example, I haven't done this yet, but I would really, really like to at some point, but I would like to connect to an ancient warrior archer and learn some interesting tips for to incorporate into my own archery. Would would I not consider that part of ancestor work? in some way like you could still c- consider that under the umbrella of spirit work yes but sure would it not be ancestor work for it to be a person sharing wisdom with a person who has had a lived experience and can offer advice and guidance is that not what our ancestors do too
1: right well and i do feel like death work and ancestor veneration are pretty tied together in a lot definitely. of ways too definitely so I can see where you're coming from with that. Cause it's even though like there's, there's a part of me that hears that and is just hesitant towards yep. it just because of like the ethical boundaries. I feel like it can kind of get tangled in, but how far but back also... does it,
0: does that not apply? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like how far back does that, like, you know, like who's going to be the one to speak up and be like, well, my ancestor from 340 BCE we're not allowed to talk to you know what I mean (laughs) but like how would you even know it's just for me it's like I went through a bit of a thinking process around that and I was like well why wouldn't you include like family friends or people that you admire like idols let's say or like you grew up like really loving and embracing the spirit of like a musician that doesn't that's not alive anymore like how would that not also count so i don't know it's it's kind of how you want to think about ancestors if you know you want to be hardcore about it being blood only or like how wide you want it to be but like ancestors to me it's like i had to i I, i've i've laxed my definition of it in the sense that like because again i go back to the common ancestor (laughs) So like for me, right. it's like it's kind of a lot more available, but it's also up to that spirit if they want to respond yeah. to me or not. You know, like at the end of the day, like they might be like, "I don't fucking want to talk to you." It's like, okay, <laughs> like just, you know, I like know. <laughs> I'm just praying, I guess. But you know, I've it's kind of one of those weird things where it's like, well, what? How do you define? Like, how far back do you stop? considering it ancestor and it being spirit work or death work or do you know what i mean like where does it stop is it only as far back as you can trace on paper to blood lineage because a lot of that's been lost over time
1: yeah that's true and i do feel like it it makes sense to have that viewpoint especially with someone who has like and uh adopted people within their family like Mm as as I believe there, are, I, I, there has to be adopted people in my family, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head who they are. Um, cause they go back a little bit, but, um, but it makes sense to have that viewpoint, especially with, you know, adoption, because that is your family. Mm-hmm. Like it, it isn't necessarily your blood family, but it's still your family. Mm-hmm. And there are very, very close friends who, we consider family like there are aunts that I have in my family line from my mom's side who were never related to us like but we just called them aunt you know so and so and I feel like those would kind of be considered within ancestor work because they were close enough to the family that they were kind of adopted in as an aunt Mm -hmm. you know um so I think that's a very interesting perspective. I I can't say where I land with that perspective just because I haven't really thought about it that much, but it I can see where you're coming from with that and makes it makes sense in especially coming from the space of um adoptive families and like not necessarily being blood related because it's like
0: well that was it, the hardest part for us is because yeah. we do have like you know Like, I'm in that situation where there is an immediate family member who is adopted and therefore has had zero linkage, like, zero information about their family. So it was a lot of work to figure that out. But despite that, the family that adopted them and is the family that raised them and is the family that loved them and supported them and thus me as well is still my family despite not being blood-related, like... You wouldn't tell an orphan you don't have any ancestors. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh like you oh, wouldn't God, say God. that to somebody who was adopted yeah. and did, wasn't blood related to their to their adoptive parents. It's their parents. It's their family. Period. Full stop. Yeah. So that's how yeah. I define it. It's a bit more broad and less, you know, intense about like, oh, it's got to be blah blah me, blah blah. It's like there's, <laughs> it, it doesn't. Yeah. That to me just it feels wrong to cut yourself off from that and I don't think that the the spirits would let you anyway because they're
1: still your family oh yeah they would shut they would shut that stuff down you know what I mean like (laughs) you're you're you're, they'd be like what do you mean we're not related imagine
0: imagine a scenario where you were um adopted and you weren't related to your like blood related to your parents and in death you were just like no can't talk to you you're not my aunt are you for real like (laughs) what it's just silly so you know for me it's i i've very much like loosened those definitions but again it's you if you are in a situation and you want to work with the ancestors of the your adoptive family and within the culture of your adoptive family then go for it because that's the culture that you would have been raised in the family you feel connected to and your spiritual ancestors and will absolutely be there to support you
1: yeah speaking as someone yeah. who
0: has this exact situation in my family
1: <laughs> they right. will show up Maybe for you yeah oh like the the ancestors that you have within your bloodline as well as your adoptive line will show up yep they might show up in ways that you didn't expect but they're gonna show the fuck up Mm -hmm. like they're they're gonna be there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like we're here too but the same thing Um, even is like
0: like i even consider family friends too because we have like i said family like we have Uh, we have uh, like family friends that go back generations like where we're their family and my family have always been very close. Does it, does that make Mm. sense? Like we've shared traditions we've shared, like they've been part of big things, births, deaths, weddings, you know, things like that. And they've helped raise, it's kind of why it's like, it's so it's more community based than individualistic because we have, like in my family, um, a certain side of my family, we had an open door policy where it was like anybody off the street, could come to the house. And if you're hungry, come in, somebody will make you food. Like that was the way my family was with the people around them because the, because family to them meant more than just who slept in the house. Right. Right. So there's, I almost feel like the conversation around ancestor work is dependent on like did you have a community based family like me or was yours more individualistic and more like family is only who I'm blood related to or is it different right. like wh- and that's your journey by the way that's your own personal journey to decide and figure that out for yourself cuz I went through it and it was weird but I've landed where I've landed <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's it makes the conversation more nuanced and less black and white yes. than you may think
1: Yeah, because as you were saying that, I was trying to think of like the family friends that I had growing up and a lot of the families that we were really close to growing up who, you know, my friends' parents were really close to my parents um, and still some of them hang out with each other even now that we're grown and things Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. And, you know, us kids all stay in contact with each other, things like that they do feel like family. They Mm -hmm. do feel close, but I feel like there are ones that I grew up that way. And then we kind of went our different ways and that I I feel like I can't, it feels weird to consider them like almost like family. still, if that makes sense. Yep. So I, yeah, but it makes sense to like consider them with that in mind. Cause when you said that, I was like, Oh, okay. Yes. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because we were, we were very much the same. Like, We didn't have a lot of money growing up, but like we still, you know, people were always coming over and just kind of spend their evenings with us. And they did feel like family. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of that community gathering spot. But regardless, like I, this, I love this topic because it brings up so, so much thought. But it also, it's like, okay, here's another thought
0: that I have. It's like, you consider it the descendants from who you came from. But keep in mind, there's people in there that aren't blood related to you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you have an aunt and they're married. That's your uncle, but your uncle isn't blood related to you. But yet that's still included in your ancestral line. So like, where do you draw that hard line? See what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So that's where I've had a lot of thought put into. And a lot of these questions have come up and I found myself relaxing a lot in my rigidity of how I approach it because
1: yeah and I almost it's well almost, because how are family lines made other than splicing a bunch of families bingo. together? bingo
0: <laughs> isn't that what it is and like how do you define yeah. family even because I yeah. just told you how we defined mine and on one side which was community family right that's family just as much as you know a household of like three people well, our household mm-hmm. was 30 people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah. it really depends on how you define family, what you consider to be ancestral and what you don't and how far back you want to go. Like, do you want to be crazy like me and go down to the common ancestor or <laughs> even beyond that? Like, yeah, you carry within you the love and support from even the people who don't share DNA with you. Right. Because they helped get you to where you are. Right.
1: So they're still supporting. Is that
0: still? not ancestor to you is that not family to you because it sure sounds like it to me
1: yeah no I mean it it does make sense like Mm -hmm. it crazy that way Mm -hmm. I know it's 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 so weird because it's like I it's almost like I forget that (laughs) people like they your poor the family. family friends that like
0: it makes me think <laughs> i don't know why but i have this like thought of like back in medieval times it's like an ancestor I'm blood related to it's like they had like their best guy friend that they grew up with and it's like they're like brothers but not actually brothers but they're like brothers mm-hmm. and like they're both at war and like the friend is like i'm gonna protect and save you and then like he dies for him and it's like nobody down the ancestral line remembers it
1: and it's like right. I'm here
0: because your your friend your quote unquote brother sacrificed himself for you to be here to be able to have a family and to be able to live your life because they loved you so yeah. much like a brother. But yet, you know, Alyssa in 2023 would be like, "You're not an ancestor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Get why. Here. I don't know why, but that just like comes to <laughs> mind. Maybe it happened. I don't know. But, like, I just, for me, I'm like, that's fucking mean. Like,
1: <laughs> don't be fucking rude. And don't
0: be rude, so, daddy, chill. Like, it's just so weird to me. Like, why would you not consider yeah. that to be love?
1: Like, a family yeah. member would love you. You
0: know what I mean? Like, so, that's just, you know, my, that's where my brain goes when I think about shit like this.
1: Yeah, well, because, like, I think of, like, you know, when I, when I got married you know you combine families yep. with other people and that's my all husband's sudden family is family. my family right but <laughs> it's i'm not so related weirdo. to them <laughs> at least i yeah, don't think like so. I, it's it's uh, you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of those like memes and stuff where people are just like I just had a realization that the person I'm sitting next to, like they're sitting next to their partner or something and they're like, I just realized that this person is someone that it was a stranger yeah. that I met on the internet like two years ago yep. and now I live with them. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Yep. Like it makes me think of that. And I mean that, but yeah, the question I guess to ask yourself is like how are families made and the definition of that is How you determine who to consider in your ancestor veneration. Well, like, dude, like,
0: I have a really good friend of mine who celebrates Dia de los Muertos and has, like, an ofrenda that has, like, a bunch of his family on it and it includes tons of people that he's not blood related to. And he (laughs) still venerates them because they are family in a different way for him. And that to me, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, same. Like, that is how i approach it but it may not be how you approach it you know so it's yeah. kind of like well
1: because i think like not to be morbid but also to be kind of morbid like i think about like if you died <laughs> yeah like you better fucking
0: include me are you i would me? fucking include you, you better be giving you me like Nutella family. offerings
1: every single <laughs> saturday i still am upset that you weren't at my wedding that honestly doesn't I mean I'm divorced so it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> but I'm still upset that you weren't there <laughs> that was years ago like I just I'm like I know that I didn't know you until like you know six years after that but still rude right <laughs> so rude I I was, it's was very
0: rude well, like where like, you know, know where happens. would you draw the line you know and and I guess right that's part of the journey of ancestor work where mm-hmm. where do how you know, how far do you go? And, and there was, um, you know, kind of coming back to like the question that inspired me to think about it like deeper, think about it more deeply is that there are people who include like, um, how would I describe this? It would be like, uh, it'd be like, um, fucking, for example, like if you're taking, like, let's say, like, the fathers or mothers of something, right? Like, the birthplace of a concept or an idea that frames a big part mm-hmm. of your life. So let's say, you you know, you're in classics or something. And it's like, I really want to connect with Homer or, like, the author of the Iliad or some right. shit like that. You feel me? Like, that is included in some people's practices, ancestor
1: work interesting so interesting right So, so much it gives it's food for thought and i and i really you know so you're bringing the tea for us to sip uh, yeah (laughs) but
0: like you know all that to be said is kind of a roundabout way of me being of me saying that like you may go through a similar like experience with yourself throughout your own Uh, ancestor work where you will start to question ideas that you had definitions that you have and this is just one fucking example guys like this is just one example i have many more but this is just one (laughs) example of me facing head-on why do i think this or why do i feel Mm -hmm. that or why do i why is that why am i rigid in this and why am i not rigid here like it it makes you face real questions and this is And I, you know, it goes from anything as subtle to like why you do something very small, a specific way to like why it is that you may hold prejudices, you know, like it goes. Well, that's that's the thing I was
1: about to say. It kind of goes along the line of generational trauma too. Mm
0: -hmm. In a way. Like
1: asking yourself the questions of like, what does success mean to me? Mm -hmm. What did it mean to my ancestors? What did it mean to my family? Mm -hmm. That is like these kind of questions help us unravel where that stems from, even if it stemmed from before us.
0: Which most likely it has because we we yeah. learn so much um, unconsciously in our childhoods mm-hmm. and growing up and like in the people we surround ourselves with, the, the culture, the traditions that we are immersed in. There's so much that we just absorb and take on. And, and uh, sometimes we don't even know that it's not helpful until we start asking what is helpful what isn't right you know until we're
1: like oh wait why do I do this yeah or an
0: ancestor (laughs) comes along and is like have you ever thought about not doing that (laughs) or like have you ever thought about where that came from you know and it just starts you start asking so like it can get real deep and I I encourage everybody to embrace ancestor work with an openness, a willingness to learn, a willingness to accept that there are things about you that aren't perfect and a willingness to accept that it's going to evolve and change and that your ancestors have your back because they really do and they They have a lot to teach you. And there's a lot to learn from them. And dude, like they've rocked my world and it's only been a little over a year.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm curious to see how our practices with that change Mm -hmm. over the years too, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's just going to be even more impactful the, like the longer that we do it,
0: the my ancestor that came forward when we were in New York has been sharing like recipes with me, like like witchcraft spells so and shit cute. too, because she was a witch. And I I love her, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is so cool, dude! Like, I'm like <laughs> what the fuck? Like, and I just want to share it with everybody. You know what I mean? Like. There's certain things that, like, I'm not allowed, but there's other things that I am. And I'm just like, this is so fucking cool. And she's, oh,
1: she's so sassy. I love her so much. She's so cool. I, oh, God. I I want to adopt her as one of my ancestors. <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> like, when she came through, I was just like, I... Freaking love this woman. Like she's so, so yeah, she's amazing. Cool as fuck, man. God, she feels like such a cool aunt or something. Dude, like, she definitely has that vibe. Like
0: a hundred. She has an
1: aunt vibe. Oh yeah, and I I love it. Oh yeah, I love it.
0: Oh so yeah, much. she talks shit behind my back
1: all the time. <laughs> like I'm gossiping about you all the time. All the time. <laughs> it's not she's, always good. She's
0: always quick to point out when I'm acting like an idiot. And like I'm just like I love you. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, but that's you know so that's much. ancestor work. There's so much beauty yeah. in it and there's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a journey. It's absolutely a journey which you know again a moment where we can return to one of the comments at the beginning of the episode of I think you accurately described it is that they make you appreciate the journey not just the destination too. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. They help you be in the present because they had to learn how to be in the present moment too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot in retrospect and they've they're already in the retrospect mm-hmm. right so where we are now is where they've already been in a way and it can be very helpful to be in that energy like the times that i sit with my ancestors like i'll i'll sit outside on my porch and just you know smoke some incense for them and then just sit there and talk with them and it's just it's it's so comforting. Mm -hmm. It's so comforting and so peaceful and grounding and in a way that I haven't been able to find with deity work. And, you know, deity work is beautiful and I don't think I'll ever stop working with deities, but there's just something so beautiful about ancestor work that I'm so glad that we got to talk about this so that people can kind of explore for themselves and, and, or appreciate in a new way. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I think it, deserves to be more talked about I agree and I mean for me as a deity
0: practitioner and as someone who works with their ancestors there's always space for both in my practice but I do know that there are certain times when I know it's better to go to an ancestor or it's better to go to a deity like it just feels more right Mm -hmm. to seek guidance from one or the other or sometimes both Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. Absolutely. Because like life could be really fucking confusing and I'll take all the help I can get.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like no (laughs) judgment over here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But with that said, like, let us know in the, uh, we'll have a little just, you know, answer and like question and answer area below. Let us know what are some things that you enjoy doing in your own practice that honor your ancestors? I would love to hear about people's different. Mm -hmm. Same things that you offer them or do with them. Um, I love hearing about that stuff. So leave those in the, the little question box for us um, so that we can see the different ways that ancestors are celebrated. But as always, like, thank you all for being here. Um, I know that we kind of had a little kerfuffle last month. Last month was just, it was just, it was a month. Garbage. It was a month. Yeah. It was garbage. Yes. Um, so <laughs> we're just. Fire yeah scalini is so beautiful
0: right now oh my god she's peaking it's just coming out of like a full like a proper new moon and so it's got that it's that little fingernail sliver
1: oh Oh, it's so pretty damn she
0: looks good she's like right outside of my window and just girl you rock in that sky she's looking like a thin (laughs) mint baby she's so cute okay anyway sorry (laughs) so yes thank you for little sky oreo (laughs) (laughs) She's so
1: pretty. <laughs> we just want to thank you all for being here. I, even when we have, you know, months where things don't go as planned, we just appreciate you being here and supporting the podcast. And I just, I love seeing all of you appreciate it. The way that we do, and it means a lot. And um, maybe I'm just feeling extra squishy because we're getting into the holiday season. But regardless, like I just, I appreciate all of you. I appreciate yeah. all of our listeners and the support and the love that we've gotten for the podcast over mm-hmm. the time that it has existed. And I, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful to have another year where we've been able to really talk about these topics and things. And um, and as always, like if anybody is interested in learning more about Alyssa and I, or even booking with us collectively or individually, you can learn more about both of us on our website, ghosttepodcast.com. And th- there will also be links in the, um, little footer to Alyssa's and my websites as well. If you want to check those out and you know, it's the holiday season, support the podcast, support small businesses, things like that do all the nice things
0: yeah. um
1: yeah it's
0: it's good yeah thank you so much um from me as well and don't forget to rate and share ghosting podcast yeah and um don't forget that we have the subscriber episodes as well yes. so subscribers get access to exclusive episodes q a's discussions and more um personal or even taboo topics uh so you can subscribe via the paid episodes play button and we will see you again for our next episode which will be the last one of the year
1: oh my god so weird (laughs) (laughs) catch you later ghosties bye
0: Bye.